Hey, yo, Internet, this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel. What's the best way to get a close shave and remain bump-free? Bevel. It's the first and only shaving system designed for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. You can get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free by going to getbevel.com slash jack. Because they just want you to look good and feel even better. That's getbevel.com slash jack. Start shaving smarter today with Bevel. Yo, Internet, this episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Rode, R-O-D-E microphones, 100% Australian-owned and made professional microphones for studio and broadcast, and my Rode Reel, the world's largest short film competition, now in its fourth year running with over 500,000 in prizes given away so far. My Rode Reel is back, bigger and better in 2017, more films, new judges, and more prizes, to view past winners and register for 2017, head over to MyRoadReel.com. That's M-Y-R-O-D-E Reel, R-E-E-L.com, and sign up now. And now back to the show. You were listening to the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. What's up, King? Say no to the band. Say no to the band? Band. No band. No band on what? No band, bro. No, no, no Band-Aids? No band. Explain yourself, man. Talk, talk to I the mean, people. They know what it is? No, talk to me then. I don't know what it is. Talk to me. Yo, man, we've been we've been going through some tough social issues with this with this president. Okay. Your so, president. So, 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 no ban to Muslims. No ban to to immigrants. No ban to immigrants. Because I I see it's not just Muslims. Right. I think it's a bigger plot. Okay. Muslims are just the new, you know, uh, nigger. New nigger. Muslims are the new nigger. But that that can be anybody. It can be expanded. Can be okay. Exactly. All right. All right. So no, no, no. Say no to the ban, man. Say no ban. No, no to immigration ban. No, no to say no to Trump, man. Let's get to let's get to the bottom of this. Let's say no to Trump, man. And, and his lackeys. And, and well, his lackeys. His crew pup, is vicious. His puppeteers. They're vicious. His puppeteers. Bro. Listen, let me let, before we jump into this episode, They're man. Vicious. Like I, I feel like a jerk face because for the past three weeks mm-hmm. we've recorded episodes and I've been remiss. Um, and, and, and neglectful in not dedicating any of these episodes to the late, great Joyce Marie Wright, yes. a.k.a. Devil in the Blue. For those that might not know who Joyce Marie Wright, a.k.a. Devil in the Blue was, um, she's a woman that I met uh, several years ago when I was blogging on the Daily Mathematics. And, you know, she started sending me emails about how she wanted to get into writing. And we would go back and forth. And it wasn't until, like, maybe our fourth or fifth uh, interaction that I realized that she was well into her 60s. Um, and it just blew me away that we had, you know, somebody, and then this was before the Combat Jack Show. So when we started the Combat Jack Show, she became one of our earliest and strongest supporters. And it blew me away that somebody, you know, of that age was so in tune with us. You know, she didn't act like our mom. She didn't act like our auntie, in terms of, like, when we interacted with her, she acted like our biggest sister. Like, she was cool with everything. Her two two of her favorite artists were Stevie Wonder and Jay-Z. And one of her brightest moments that, that, that I was so fortunate that she shared with me was the time several summers ago where she flew out to Paris with her sons and her grandkids. And three generations 
got to see the Watch the Throne concert when they played Niggas in Paris, three generations. Can you imagine how beautiful that is, man? Three generations, a, gram- a, a grandma and her sons and her grandkids enjoying the greatness of Jay-Z and Kanye. Um, you know, she was a strong supporter of the Combat Jack show. She was definitely a strong supporter of the Loudspeakers Network. Yeah. She was a very, very, very important member of Black Twitter. She always had clap back. She used to pull me to the side sometimes. And tell me about some of you shady niggas that's out here trying to take our shine. And I was like, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, during her last days, man, you know, she never let us know that 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 she was, you know, suffering and going through it, man. And, and you know, I don't even want to talk anymore because I don't even want to break down. But this episode and every episode moving forward, King, please remind me, is dedicated yes. to the memory of Joyce Marie Wright, a.k.a. Devil in the Blue. If y'all, if y'all don't know who she is, Go on Twitter right now, at Devil in the Blue. Just look at her timeline. She still lives with us. Yes. I, I love you dearly, and I miss you so dearly. Thank you for all your contributions to our movement. Moving forward. Now let's get into the heat of things, man. <laughs> Say no to the band, right? Say no. So much has happened in the past few days, right? In such a short period of time, man. Such a short period of time, man. But I, I love the resilience and, and, and the diligence of our people just doing more research. Unfortunately, it took it took all of this to happen for people to get woke right so to speak but it's so cool to see that the people they got their foot on you know we just got to do more though we just can't do it for two days and then go back to sleep while this dude is out here right doing his diligence right well let me ask you something do you see any um because i know when i said this months ago and i I hate bringing bringing that back because it's not like i'm saying i told you so but remember when we had uh dr mark lamont hill on the show and i was like yo pardon me there's a small part of me that wishes this clown was in office because that would be the the match strike that would wake people up. What, what, do you, what do you think of that, man? I mean, of course, you know, when we had Angela Rye on, she said our people don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, America as a whole, I think, you know, in some parts, man, this is the president America deserves, man. What do you think about that? I think we have to accept the inev- in, 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 inevitability. Right. Because when you look at all that's going on, it's only really, it's not that many potential outcomes it's just it's cut it's real cut and dry it's either this is going to happen or that's going to happen right and what are you going to do from stopping that from happening right well listen let's you know it's not just politics anymore it's not just uh it's life and death let's man. go to the it's life or death the house of representatives and and, and 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 say hey look look at us over here I, I don't my opinion i don't think is i think we're past that okay Diplom- diplomacy is i don't know if that's an option but we'll find out. We'll find out, man. This is a very special episode, man. We've been, you know, I've been following this man for a very long time. Uh, very inspired by his, you know, his his his, his speeches. Yes. Um, and his appearances all throughout all forms of medium. Um, his writing. I'm, I just, I'm in the middle of his book right now. Tears We Cannot Stop, A Sermon to White America. Mm. Let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show, finally, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Yes. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show, sir. Man, I made it. Mama, I made it. <laughs> I mean, where the cameras at, man? I've seen other people, you know, my, my, my student Mark Lamont Hill. I think I saw him on a video. I was I thought I was gonna go viral. No, no, I no. I thought I was no, gonna we, go viral. We, 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 we got the cameras. You got, got, you got, yeah, you gotta show me where the spitting we, 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 is. There's, so there's, I can show there's you a camera right there. She holding the camera. It's videoing. Cause I saw him video, man. I don't know. I think I watched the whole thing on video. I was like, I'm trying to do, man. Yes, sir. I've Welcome tried. to our show, man. I'm, I'm so excited because you're a legend. Mm. You guys have been spitting so much knowledge and dropping so much truth. 
and so much science, man. I'm just glad to be on here to be able to uh, sit and chop it up with y'all, man. Let me ask you something, man. I, this this weekend, I was very incensed at everything that was going on, and I started tweeting. Like I was kind of being an asshole. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder where all the people that were trying to shush me three, four, five years ago about white privilege, where the fuck they are right now? Right. Am right. I being an asshole? Not at all. If you read my book, I mean, the reality is that Donald Trump is the face of white privilege. He is on steroids. He's the face of white supremacy. He's certainly the face of white nationalism. And I think the face of a kind of unconscious white power that doesn't want to apologize, doesn't want to grow up. This is the first toddler presidency. Mm -hmm. This is a presidency where a two-year-old is basically spewing filth, venom, and malice toward vulnerable populations with the exercise of the most powerful position on the face of the earth, which is president of the United States of America, without the depth of knowledge, insight, without the broad learning and training. Not only is this about white privilege, I don't want to hear too many white brothers and sisters tell me when they're upset with so-called affirmative action. Yes. Affirmative action in its best sense, which is it benefited, uh, which is enjoyed by mostly white brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. When you add in the other abled and white women, they, they benefit more from affirmative action than anybody. Mm-hmm. But... The stereotype of affirmative action means, oh, somebody who don't deserve to get what they get. Hand out. Getting something hooked up. Well, look at Donald Trump to see the most invidious conception of your narrow vision of uh, affirmative action work. And this is a guy who doesn't deserve to be where he is in terms of talent, appointing other people who ain't got no skills for the jobs to which they are appointed, or at least that they are um, uh, nominated. So you got... Rex Tillerson is the secretary of state, ain't never been in the office before. Donald Trump ain't never been dog catcher. Betty DeVos never held a job uh, in, in politics. Ben Neither Carson, has Ben Carson. About that's, housing. That's the soft bigotry of bro expectations. Hmm. So the reality is, is that you got all these incompetent people in place. So don't ever spit back at me about so-called people without skill doing their job when we got an entire cabinet full of people who are incompetent, at least many of them, for the jobs that uh, President Trump nominated them. Now, now I enjoyed your um, uh, previous interview on uh, The Breakfast Club. Yes, sir. Had a great um, time. There. But we hadn't had yet experienced, you know, what this presidency would look like in action. Right. What are your thoughts of the past several days of, 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 of Trump's administration and its, 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 its actions, its heinous actions? They're, they're, they're horrible. They're a repudiation of democracy at its best Targeting uh, brown-skinned people and Muslims together, it's a double whammy. Most of these are nations of color. Most of these are nations uh, full of Muslims. And I think it's a repudiation of what we stand for as a nation. It's a rejection of the premise that bring me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, and I'll take them. It's a repudiation of the very immigrant um, acceptance that made this country great that made Donald Trump's family great, that made anybody else's family who came here great, except those of us who were coercive immigrants who were forced to come here, extricated from our waiting in Africa in 1619 and brought to Jamestown. But other than that, this is what this nation is built on. And now you begin to target viciously these brothers and sisters who happen to be Muslim because a few errant, apocalyptic, uh, terror-minded practitioners of their faith have now if you will, define the rest of the faith for everybody, that would be just like the Ku Klux Klan defining American Christianity for white folk. 
There were only a few of them, but they messed the the world up. Mm -hmm. Are we going to hold white citizens accountable for the White Citizens Council, for the KKK, for the Christian Identity Movement, for all of these white supremacist terrorist organizations that are predicated upon their association with Jesus? So are we going to demonize Christianity? No, we make distinctions. Let's make distinctions with our Muslim brothers and sisters, those who grab hold of Islam and then pervert it by trying to use it as a cover for their terror. Well, the real terror is the inability to tolerate others. And this nation is taking a giant step back. This is John Coltrane in reverse. These are giant steps backwards. Mm. And now we got a president who is who is not well versed in any of the politics of international relations, global consequences of American hegemony and dominance. And now as a, a president who is unconscious of his own privilege has perpetuated a legacy of inequality that is devastating. And what this ban does is a recruitment tool. Mm-hmm. This man might be the most successful recruiter for terror since Osama bin Laden mm-hmm. because he's now putting forth arguments in the name of American democracy to target specifically a group of people religiously. And the point of coming to America is to escape religious intolerance in part. America was founded on the second, you know, the amendment that says we shall not establish any official religion. If that's the case, we shouldn't also target any particular religion to demonize them as well. This is a bad day in America, bro. Let me tell you something, man. Last week, I was at this small, intimate restaurant in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And small restaurant, very quiet. I was with a friend, um, only black guy in there. Right. So there's this tall guy that's sitting like maybe two or three tables from me. Mm-hmm. And he's talking loud. And he's mm-hmm. got this Israeli accent. And he's talking about the first thing I hear is, well, it needs to be America first, which is already, you know, mm-hmm. a dog whistle to me. Mm-hmm. You know, then he starts talking about, well, you know, the walls that were built in Israel were a success. So I believe in walls. And he's talking loud. And he's talking with all this swagger. Mm-hmm. Next thing I hear him say is, um, you know, media outlets like CNN, you know, are putting out false facts. Mm-hmm. And so he's spouting all this nonsense mm-hmm. that this current administration is doing. But he's also doing it very loud and very obnoxious, maybe to get my attention, maybe to get everybody else's attention. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sitting there and I'm being mindful, you know, of my place in, this, in, mm-hmm. in the environment. I'm being mindful of, you know, my, my, my party's um, comfort because I'm not mm-hmm. trying to cause a scene. But what does one do? Because it felt like an assault to my soul. Well, you know, and it doesn't have to, whatever specific ethnicity is irrelevant to the bottom line. And the bottom line is the intolerance that's being produced. And then the notion of building walls and barriers to keep people out is one of the most perverse interpretations of any religion, of any democracy, of any country at its best. Um, And I'm not suggesting that we don't have to vet people. As it stands now, people who come to America from Syria, two years. It takes them two years, dog. You're not going to discover anything more by the present ban than you're going to discover by what's already in place, number one. But number two, again, what it attempts to do is what it successfully is doing. It's a Muslim ban without being called a Muslim Mm -hmm. ban. It is targeting people by signification and symbolism. And we get that as black people. We know what that looks like. You ain't got to say it in order for it to be real. You don't have to say, I hate Negroes, in order for you to hate Negroes and for you to communicate an animus against black people. So we know that Donald Trump is communicating what he said he was going to do. 
keep these Syrians out, keep these Muslims out. Uh, he claimed that Hillary Clinton uh, and before her, Barack Obama were fearful of using the word Islamic terrorist because they understood that terror is not copyrighted by people who practice a perverted form of Islam. Exactly. White Christians hmm. who believed in a certain kind of animus toward black people to this day mm-hmm. practice effectively right. uh, terror as well. So. The reality is, is that you ought to feel some kind of way. Right. And this building of walls and borders and barriers to keep people in as opposed to bridges to 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 forge connections between people is something that is antithetical to the best of American democracy. But but getting back to my question and 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 and, and I'm looking for advice, right. not just for myself, but the listeners of the Combat Jack show. Right. You know, you see, you know, you're hearing about all these incidents right now where these you know, so-called Nazis are getting knocked out in the whole nine. What does one do? What would you suggest one do? When they're assaulted by this hateful rhetoric in an environment that's invading their personal space and environment. When um, when American citizens, when are, America, well, like I said, I'm hearing this guy in a quiet restaurant right, right, right. bragging, well, yeah. about 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 all his Trump is his, right. his belief in Trumpism, well, Trumpisms. Mean, the thing, the best revenge is success. Doc. Yes, and 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 so I'm saying that the best revenge is your show talking yes. about it on this show, not yes. getting up making a scene mm-hmm. that then can result in you being tarred and feathered and, and characterized as an errant, angry black man out of control, can't even allow the freedom of speech to prevail. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how obnoxious he is, then the restaurant owner should, you know, we should all say, look, the restaurant owner should be going like, first of all, dude is up here spitting this stuff. You should control your environment, whether it's my position or another position, let's let this be a neutral zone, at least free or people talk relatively Mm, quietly. mm. But when it's a verbal assault upon the eardrums of others and in such a fashion where it's meant to intimidate, then that's something you got to stick up with the establishment. But even more broadly, in terms of a general principle, the best revenge for us is to be well-informed, well-armed with the facts, being able to go to where we need to go. That is to say, protesting in the streets how many of the same people were out there when with the women's marches when there were look i was in los angeles out there with seven hundred fifty thousand people it was an astonishing and an amazing display of unity now people who disagree black nationalists and feminists and you know pro-lifers pro-black feminists and and black feminists and black womanists and gay lesbian transgender bisexual queer people across the range Uh, and horizon of difference. At the end of the day, we got to give up on our own particular bigotry because even people who are oppressed, oppress. Yes. Even people who make some of the best oppressors. Oh, my God. Even we are, though, those of us who are victims of bigotry can sometimes perpetuate it. Mm -hmm. So it checks us at the door to say we we're in an era right now when nobody can afford their pet bigotries to be perpetuated in the name of their righteous resistance to uh, inequality, because if you're going to reproduce the very thing you're trying to resist, you're part of the problem. So I think what people have to do, get armed with truth, get armed with knowledge, go to where your voice can make a difference, and learn to fight. Learn to pick your battles. Even Jesus said, my hour is not yet come. You can't fight every battle. That dude making obnoxious statements, now I know you want to haul off and rhetorically hit him. Uh, One of the things you could do is say, you know what you're doing and spewing is highly unintelligent, uninformed, and only represents one particular perspective. You mm-hmm. can do that sometimes. Right. Look, I've been at the movie. I remember I was at the movies uh, going to see The Help, mm. and a white woman was in front of Which me. Which is already I, an assault. Come on, dog. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and she's turning her face, looking at me, 
I'm like, I'm not a kid. Right. I don't know if you think I'm intimidated. Looking at you for and, what? And I'm speaking to me like, like if I'm like, I'm responding like, mm, that's deep. Right. You know, black people talk at movies. Of course. We're, we gesticulate. We're emotive. We articulate. We're emotive. You know what I'm saying? The emotive industry. Yes. Like the automobile industry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We so are that. We that. So we talking and creating other characters. That's what we do. Now, I wasn't obnoxious. I was, I was just like, hmm. And she was looking at me as if to discipline me. I said, ma'am, isn't it interesting that we're watching a film right now that is talking about the unconscious privilege exercise by oblivious racists who happen to be white women and you replicating the very thing that's mm-hmm. being done. Mm-hmm. I said, now I know you don't understand what I just said because I know you're pissed mm-hmm. that I just said something you can't even comprehend. I'm saying keep your stuff to yourself and stop trying to police me. So the thing is now, now you know, the, the, you got to pick and choose when you respond, what you say, but do it with intelligence, do it with lucidity, do it with, with, with insight, but also do it with purpose. What is the purpose you're doing it for? Can you use it as a moment of instruction? Can you use it, use it as a moment of intervention? So everybody's got to make, you know, got to make choices about what they say when they say it. But my thing is, the best thing is to join with other people of like-minded inspiration across a number of axes to show you can't just you can't just write me off as some angry Negro in the corner. This is an American problem that has to be addressed by the American people. Hey, yo, Internet, today's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh knows there's a chef in everyone. They believe that good food brings people together, nourishes our bodies, and allows us to enjoy every bite of life. That's why we're excited to let you know about HelloFresh. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone, from novices to seasoned home cooks, short on time. HelloFresh currently offers customers a classic box or veggie box, We'll be launching a family box. Customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. New recipes are created every week. HelloFresh employs a full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe to ensure it is nutritionally balanced, all delivered to your doorstep, in a special insulated box for free. I got a package a couple of weeks ago, man. It came packed in ice. You know, all these vegetables, all these seeds. It was, it, shit was delicious. Listen, internets, enjoy delicious ingredients and simple recipes that'll help you love to cook with HelloFresh. For $35 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter Jack35 as your code for when you subscribe. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com and enter Jack35 when you subscribe. And now back to the show. You know what's crazy, man? Like in these past few days, you know, all of these issues that we're focused on, and I realize that we've totally erased the true crisis of what was going on in Mississippi, Georgia, and, and Florida due to due to the, the storms. Oh yeah, no, you know no. we, we're not even talking about the Flint, Michigan, you know, water crisis. Like, like how is it that we're so aware, we're so plugged into social media and all of this data and information, but the real issues have effectively been swept under the rug? Well, it's an option, Glut. That's number one. And what we what did we do before we had FaceTime and you know t- Tinder and Twitter and you know uh, Facebook and so on? Um, but the beautiful thing about it, of course, is it proliferates the multiple platforms on which people can express themselves. And folk who never had a voice before got a voice. Mm-hmm. That's a positive thing. And the thing is, is that there is a, 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 an attention economy going on. And people are vying to try to get the attention of the mass media and the world. Now, Twitter, Facebook, social media allows the erosion to a degree of formal media which used to be the dominant space. If you couldn't get on ABC, NBC, and CBS, you done. Right, you weren't heard. Now you got cable TV, but if you couldn't get on cable TV, you done. Now you got outlets that are just unbelievable. You got podcasts. 
podcasts, you got YouTube, you got all kinds of stuff. So the thing is, is that anything that people are concerned about can be talked about. That's yes. one of the virtues yes. and advantages. And it's not as if, you know, Flint, Michigan versus what goes on with the terror ban. They're both equally important. Yes. The thing is, how can we pay attention simultaneously to the domestic as well as the global and international? And I think what we have to do is to continue to pay attention to those things that are important to us and remind people it's not just the Kardashians. It's not just what Kanye did in meeting with uh, Trump. It's also about the way in which the water supply in Flint, Michigan, continues to be problematic, that there are people being rounded up who are officials and held to account and yet we have nothing, we have no knowledge about that. And we're not even necessarily concerned about what it means that uh, disproportionate numbers of people of color were the ones who were victims uh, in that Flint, Michigan incident. So, yeah, there's a lot going on simultaneously. And we have to direct our attention to both of those, the international and the domestic, the global and the, the, the local. I think the biggest crime committed so far is, you know, the announcement by the EPA that the water in Flint, Michigan is now safe to drink. Oh, with nothing done. Ain't nothing done. You go drink it. Let, yeah. the, let the EPA drink it, mm-hmm. like for a year. See, if people had to, to deal with the consequences of what they recommend in terms of public policy, stuff might be different. You take that medicine then if you think it's so good. Now, I know the president, former President uh, Barack Obama went down and took a drink of water. That's one glass. Mm-hmm. Drink it for a year, man. Drink it for a, sem- drink it for a semester that these kids have to go to school. Nothing done. Let's talk to the Mayor Weaver. Let's talk to Mayor Weaver and find out what's been done, what's been remedied, what's been removed. Nothing. Let's talk about the fact that the monies that were promised Flint have not yet been delivered, as far as I know. And so and the difference between calls, calling something, you know, a minor incident versus a major one, it unlocks federal dollars. All of this is brought to bear because these are people who are seen as disposable. And then we wonder why the slogan Black Lives Matter makes a difference. It makes a difference because disproportionate numbers of black people were caught in that heinous situation. And what we have failed to do is to acknowledge the centrality of their lives to the American uh, uh, society and the ways in which their voices are not heard. And I think you're absolutely right in terms of talking about why uh, it is that they get marginalized and what we have to do to pay attention. And then we are so stretched, stretched so thin, <laughs> huh. in so many different ways that, you know, we can barely keep up. And then we're keeping up with our world, you know, hip hop, world star, whatever. And we're keeping up with all the gossip and the TMZ and the uh, takeout media and so on and so forth. Well, we know all of that. We got an option, but when it comes to knowing who did what to who, who's zooming who, as they used to say back in my day. Shout out but to Aretha. We, yeah, what, what's up? Who's zooming who? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Riri. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that album, the one you did with Luther, mm. oh, my God. The one with, uh, you know, the one that, that was produced uh, with uh, Luther. I'm going to think of the name. I'm getting old up in here. Uh, the one she did where where he was singing in the background and she was doing her thing. I mean, uh, Aretha in the 80s was cold. Aretha in the 60s mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Aretha in the 70s was the queen. Mm-hmm. So, But the reality is who's zooming who? Who's yes. dogging who? Who's yes. getting over on who? Right. Who's trying to pull the, uh, the, the, the wool over somebody else's eyes? And so we are so easily prey to the okey-doke, as Malcolm X used to say, to being bamboozled and hoodwinked. Uh, or at least as the film character said of Malcolm X played by Denzel, mm-hmm. the reality is that we get obsc- we obscure that which we should be paying attention to. We marginalize that which should be central and we end up acknowledging those things that really ultimately can't help us. And we get we get a kind of mental version of distraction that keeps us anesthetized 
as opposed to awake and woke. Right. Well, let me ask you, man. You know, these past couple of weeks, man, I've been so locked in mm-hmm. to social media. Um, I've been so locked in to every movement this administration does right. to the point where it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about spiritual health, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to fight the fight, you got to fight 24, 24-7 because white supremacy fights 24-7. They, mm-hmm. they don't give up. Right. But what do you say to people that, you know, in terms of like, how do we unplug sometimes? Like, what do we what do we need to do sometimes to just unplug? Because this thing is so magnetic. Doctor, man, you got to go to church. You got to get your gospel music on. Mm. You get, you got to go. You got to go get go to a comedy club. You got to listen to L- Luther and the album. I can't remember what it reads. Mm-hmm. Franklin, you got to sit back. Don't you remember? Sip some that? wine. I told you I loved <laughs> you, baby, 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 ooh, baby, baby. You got to listen to Luther. Right. You got to chill out with some, you know, music and some cocktails and just kick back. Listen to Aretha Franklin's daddy, C.L. Franklin. You don't have me. You got to listen to some great preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, Freddie Haynes or Lance Get Watson that yoga, or Alan man. Waller. Do some yoga. Do some. Burn some of that Piff Romney. Lord, my God. My God. And, 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 and Mitt Romney, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, pardon me. Was it, was it called Get It Right? Get it? No. It, well, she did that one, too. Okay. But look look for the one that, where he produced the entire album, man. Mm. I can't believe I'm blanking on the Queen of Soul. It mm. was one of the cold, like, 82. I think it came out right around 82. Oh, jump, jump to it. Jump to it. Jump, jump. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Luther produced it. all of that. Yeah. Luther produced that, Doc. You can hear him in the background. Mm. You know, one of the coldest albums she yes, ever sir. produced, man. Yes, sir. That whole album, that entire album, has been remastered and released on Tidal, because I, I subscribe to Tidal. I okay. don't do Spotify. I do okay. Tidal, because I try to show the brother some love. Right, Jay, of course, of course. Jigga, what up? <laughs> Game's messed up. Beats did it. You know what I'm saying? I would write it if y'all could get it. <laughs> Yo, why are you That's so amped, said. man? I'm, I'm why are you always so amped? I'm always amped because the world I confront is full of madness, bizarre eccentric evil that mm. has to be repudiated by verbal virtuosity have you and always I'm been this amp doctor oh ever since i came here doc really i came here now i was quiet as a child i ain't trying to compare myself to jesus just right, checking right, it right, out right, right. just checking it out see what's going on <laughs> and then at 11 when i started dropping speeches i'm announcing i'm here je suis ici maintenant so mm. i'm up in the spot representing of course i came out of detroit west side in the ghetto so i saw the evil the venomous uh, attack on black people. I saw what happened when poor black people were were beat up by the police because I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it in my book, Tears We Cannot Stop. Mm-hmm. I speak about the horrors that I witnessed. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm so amped because I understand the kind of world we're living in. I understand the kind of world we, we, we have to confront every day. And I realize that we have to fight fire with fire in the sense of we have to bring the rhetorical majesty and the verbal virtuosity and the intellectual acuity and the mental stability to bear upon the madness that we confront. I unapologetically engage in the life of the mind. I want to make the life of the mind sexy for young folk. If y'all can listen to Jay or Kendrick Lamar or Drake, then I want you to listen to intellectuals who are spitting and spouting the truth so that you can understand that that's a something good to be like, too. That's what I do, man. Yo, let's talk about your book, man. Mm-hmm. Tears We Cannot Stop. Yes, Congratulations. Sir. New York Thank Times you, bestseller list. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Your book is written in the form of a sermon mm-hmm. to white Americans. Yes, sir. Let's talk about that. How'd you come up with that concept? Well, I'm, I'm a, I've, been a, I've been an ordained Baptist minister for like 37 years. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say, you know, I didn't know you were a minister. What you trying to say? What you trying to say? I would act like one? Because <laughs> I cuss sometimes. 
them the best can cuss yep. Christians, brother. Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jesus flipped tables. Lord have mercy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Flipping birds. I don't know. So the thing is, of course, turned them tables over in the uh, in the temple because they were trying to. Uh, you know, crassly reduplicate the religion of God. So, yeah, man, I've been a preacher for over 35 years. And so as the preacher said, I had my burning before I had my learning. Before I went to school, I was hearing preaching. So in the morning, I would hear my pastor, Dr. Frederick George Sampson, named by Ebony Magazine twice as one of the 15 great black preachers in America. Now, now he would go, you don't, God stands on tiptoe expectancy, waiting for the moment to arrive. So I'm listening to that in the morning. Charles Gill, Chris Adams in the afternoon in the wilderness, right? He's doing his thing, the Harvard Hooper. And then at night, C.L. Franklin, you better not fight him, oh, Lord. So I'm listening to the virtuosity, verbally speaking, of different kinds of rhetorical practices in the black church. So I am amped and hyped because that's the kind of music to the ears, the rhetoric that I listen to. So I've been preaching for 35 years and I said, Mm. wait a minute, man, I've written 19 other books and edited one. I said, I I don't need no another analysis, no anthropological or ethnographic study. I need to come up in here and spread the word now. And I need to preach to white America as opposed to do another analysis or provide another essay that would deconstruct the practices of white supremacy. Hey, yo, Internet, thanks again to Bevel supporting this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show. Vision this, Internet. The week's work is done. The kids are all asleep. And you finally get some time alone with wifey. But you're not alone. It's you, it's her, and those fucking razor bumps. It's time to finally get rid of bumpy skin and whack razors get Bevel. Bevel is designed from the ground up to give you a smooth, bump-free shave. How, Sway? The Bevel razor uses a single blade which cuts hair above the skin, not beneath it. They call it subcutaneous. Beneath the skin. It's not that. It's above the skin. So you can avoid those painful ingrown hairs. Nine out of ten Bevel customers continue to come back because they see the results. A clean shave that reduces and prevents razor bumps. Don't wait. Get your Bevel today. Show your support for the Combat Jack Show and enjoy the luxury of a bump-free shave by going to getbevel.com slash jack to order your Bevel and to get that first month for free. That's getbevel.com slash jack to get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free. Start shaving smarter with Bevel. How effective is it? I'm, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes down to concepts like preaching to white America. I got you. How effective is? Because they, do they listen? Do they care? I does mean, it? Does it? Does it resonate? One of the greatest preachers ever got a birthday named after mm-hmm. him, named Martin Luther King right. Jr. Right. Malcolm X was a preacher. Mm-hmm. I, I think those two examples right there alone show you right. that that's something serious, and it's not just for white folk. Even when you preaching to white folk, sometimes it's for black folk. It's for black folk who come up to me who realize, hey, man, I love what you're doing. you speaking for us. You're amplifying our voices. You're echoing our demands for some intense engagement with white America. And then at the same time, white brothers and sisters, see, I got humor. I got self-deprecation. I ain't just talking to, to white folk. I talk about Negroes, too. I talk about our homophobia. I talk about our light versus mm-hmm. dark. Mm-hmm. I talk about our own colorism. And- oh, man, the colorism is deep. The Bill Cosby and the people with the thing and the yellow and the button pop. I wrote a book 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Negroes trying to dog me for it. Mm. How dare you come across Mr. Cosby that way? 
And now, what you what you what you what you saying? And I'm sure you mm. caught heat when you you had some comments, some criticisms about you know President Barack Obama. No doubt, man. I mean, not nearly as tough uh, on Obama as I was on Cosby right. for obvious reasons. Right. But yeah, the thing is, this ain't a messiah; it's a president, mm-hmm. and I love him. It's a human being. It's a human being. I love him. He was an amazing guy, but at the same time, he wasn't perfect. Right. So we have to engage in critical analysis and mutual and reciprocal ways in which we hold each other accountable. And so preaching is uh, very important. I mm-hmm. think even as an art form. It's amazing when black folk do it. You know, you could be a, a Negro preacher on the corner and got 12 people in your church and you colder than any politician you done heard. Now this morning, I want to talk about God is love. I don't want to talk about God. I don't want to talk about love. Is your heart made right? Is your all on the altar sacrifice made? Is is an I, which means an ego. An S is a signifier of the symbol of the spirit. Now, Negroes can just break stuff down. You being like, Lord, Lord Jesus. <laughs> the mathematics of that I, equation. Let me tell you what. I heard a guy once say, it is finished. Jesus is one of his last words. He says, it, I, represents the ego. T, the cross. And the cross is constantly at war with the narcissism that is exposed through an egocentric theology. That's what Negroes do with language, mm-hmm. right? It may be if Donald Trump really went to a black church, for real, mm-hmm. and got converted, something would happen. So black preaching at its best has been both a Jeremiah, as this book is, a Jeremiah-like, like Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet, who was complaining, playing the blues. The book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations is a book of blues. Black folk know what the blues are. You've been, if you're going to walk across my lawn, least you could do is take off your shoes. Mm. I've been down so long, down, look up to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, lady, your husband is cheating on us. Lord have mercy. So the blues are full of irony and parody. And as James, uh, I mean, as um, as Ralph Ellison talked about holding the fingering, the jagged grain of experience and yet keeping alive the sensibility of hurt and pain and sorrow long enough for us to overcome it through comedy, uh, through a sense of the tragedy is subverted by the ultimate subversive comedy of life. And so there are many things that we need to learn from the preached element, from the rhetorical majesty of preaching. And what I wanted to do was to share with white brothers and sisters from my heart my understanding of and vision about what America is and where it needs to go. Do you have compassion for um, the white Americans and, and, and other Americans that were duped by Trump's con and voted for him? Of course. And, and they don't even know what the hell they're in store they for. Don't even, you know, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they right, do. Right. They don't know. Because, look, W.E.B. Du Bois said that many white brothers and sisters who were poor have what he calls the psychic wages of whiteness. In other words, white folk who ain't got no money, least still I have whiteness. Least, least I ain't a nigga. Still have whiteness. Mm, what you beneath me? That's right, right. That whiteness, right? You're a nigga. I'm not a nigga. It's a, it's a, it's a compensatory racial consciousness that says I am not the very thing that is hated, and uh, if you will, uh, denounced in America. And what's the lowest thing? The black person. Yes. So at least I'm not that. So the white rich person over them, exploiting them, says. No, I ain't got no job for you. I ain't got no employment. But I got what? I'll tell you what I'll give you. I'll give you this gift. You're superior to the Negro. Mm-hmm. And so at that level, of course, they get manipulated because white working class people need to be relieved and helped. But so do black and brown and red and yellow working class people. They said this was a referendum on the white working class. There are many other working classes, sir and ma'am. And they said this was about rural versus urban. We know what that is. Mm-hmm. There are many black people and brown people who live rural mm-hmm. as well in Mississippi and Arkansas and, and so on. So the point is that this is still about whiteness. The noun modifies, the, the adjective modif- modifies the noun. White working class. So the reality is, yeah, they've been duped. They've been hoodwinked. They've been a, a, a blue class, a, a blue collar billionaire. 
Like Donald Trump, that's what he that's the ultimate hoax. And that's a the ultimate hustler billionaire. That's what he is. He, right. he's, he's trying to really like I, I can you can have a beer with me. I can feel your pain. No, he is amplifying and echoing the worst form of xenophobia, racism, classism, uh, predatory behavior toward women grabbing their their sexual orifices and then trying to blame rap for it. What? 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 That's not what Biggie said. Some say the ex. Now he's talking about either the drug or the X rated sex. Makes the but sex he's also talking about finessing his way to the sex. Look, I mean, make you, look you from your back to your neck, then uh, tongue delivering chills up. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that ass, ass is, is mine. mine. <laughs> but if it's all right with you, mm. that's asking permission for the reciprocal erotic entanglement of our reverie together. Talk. God dang it. That's let, what he's doing. Let me dog. ask you something. Why, that's what he's doing. That's why? mutual. Don't be blaming Biggie for your predatory behavior. That ain't what he was doing. Let, with your permission. Let me ask you, doctor. Why, <laughs> Sorry, why are we so quick <laughs> well, to good. and also so expected to be so forgiving mm. when there's a people and I don't mean to, I don't mean to generalize but when you look at the, the structure and the system in place how can we be so forgiving how are we expected to be so forgiving to a people or a system that allows these people to seem as, as it like that, that they have no humanity yeah well it's two things it's two answers it's two answers the first one is our theology is based upon a radical assertion of the deep and profound transformative ability of love. We believe that love will conquer the world. Now, if we didn't believe that, we'd be dead or have committed suicide because our backs have often been against the, the, the wall. In my book there, in fact, if you hand it to me, I'm going to read you something. I'm going to read you what this black preacher said. I'm going to show you why it is that black people practice a certain kind of love, a certain kind of practice of um Sacrifice, because what we believe is going on in history, we believe that that God will have the last word. This is what Howard Thurman, the black prophet and mystic said. He said, at the time when the slaves in America were without any cause, excuse for hope, and they could see nothing before them but the long interminable cotton rolls and the fierce sun and the lash of the overseer, what did they do? They declared that God was not through. They said, we cannot be prisoners of this event. We must not scale down the horizon of our hopes and our dreams and our our yearnings to the level of the event of our lives. So they lived through their tragic moment until at last they came out on the other side, saluting the fulfillment of their hopes and their faith. That's that's impossible. These he's talking about people who are who have been enslaved. These are people who have nothing. If we think it's tough on the west side of Chicago or the east side of, you know, uh, uh, Oakland or Compton or what's going on in the, in the Bronx and the boogie down, this is nothing, literally. And from that, they drew an inspiration that transformed the world, that ultimately uh, proved their triumph. So that's number one. Without that sense of faith and hopefulness, black people would be dead. And then it's a practical thing, too. Right. Because the practical thing is, you go around hating white folk, you're really just messing your life up. Mm, how so? Because you, you, you're stunting your own growth. If I'm obsessed with you, if I'm your hater, why is it that Jay-Z is always at the top of the list? Why is that he's number one? Why is he married to Beyonce? Why does he have the beautiful... You where, become where, consumed by that. Where your where your rap album? Right. Where where your skills at? What what did God give Where's you? Where's your bay at? What where, where, where? Come on, <laughs> come on, bay. And we all got bays. We just ain't got bay for a bay. Right. So the thing is, is is, is, is even God asked Moses, "What's in your hand?" 
What are you doing with what God gave you? So you ain't got everything everybody else got. Tupac did not have the most majestic rhyme skills in terms of flow. I'm glad you said that. Not in terms of flow, not in terms of the mechanics of the rhetoric, but he had a heart. Mm -hmm. Somebody wake me, I'm dreaming. I had I started as a seed, the semen, swimming upstream, planted in the womb while screaming. Mm. On the top was my pops, my mama hollering, stop, from a single drop. This is what they got? Not to disrespect my people, but my papa was a loser. Only plenty yet for mama was the blanker and abuser. And even as a seed, I could see his plan for me, stranded on welfare, another broken family. He didn't have the breath control of, uh, say, a KRS-One. He didn't have the verbal dexterity of a Jay-Z. He didn't have the kind of poetic intensity of a Biggie. But he had a heart so full of vision that to this day, his understanding and insight survives his death. Mm. Somebody, he said, look, look what he said. He said, just the other day, I got lynched by some crooked cops. And to this day, the same cops on the beat getting major pay. But when I get my check, they taking tax out. So we paying the cops to knock the blacks out. That's relevant now. He was one of the greatest poets we have ever produced. So he didn't complain and bellyache about what the technical skills he lacked that others possessed. He worked within the parameters of what he had. He's Keith Sweat at the game. Mm. Keith so Sweat understands so what his limits so you're, are you're, and works within them. You're it. saying we cannot afford to have hate in our hearts. We can't afford to have hate in our hearts. We can't afford to demonize others. We can't afford to be a, so obsessed with white folk. Right that we miss out on the blessings God gave us, obsessed with them in a negative way. And that's why my sermon to white America is coming with the love of blackness and the demand and the, the acceptance of white folk when they understand that they have to give up their whiteness. And what I mean by their whiteness is their presumption of superiority, Sorry. their presumption of innocence, that is not growing up and being mature, their refusal to acknowledge the humanity of the other and the way in which that whiteness metastasizes across the body politic in a diseased fashion. I'm saying to white brothers and sisters, give that up and join us as human beings so we can transform. Is the that world. even possible? Of course it is. I mean, you, episodically, you, see, you see that happening in the far I future mean, or in the near future. Let me tell you what I was at. white people give giving up whiteness because that's a global phenomenon man. it is but it's, it's done one person at a time mm. whenever a white person disagrees with the legitimacy of white supremacy we win in when tim wise speaks or mab secret speaks or we when theodore tim allen wise show, man. tim wise will come in and blow it up yes when 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 mab secret speaks or ted allen speaks when when mab peggy mcintosh speaks when mm. dan dr dan ratner speaks when white folk who have been woke speak they are dissenting with the fundamental principles of white supremacy when this dear beloved white woman sitting here taking pictures in the midst of one of the blackest moment in america what up, she Doug? is she is dissenting from a white supremacist conception of blackness, which would never be here in the first place. She is an example of what I'm talking about. And it's done one body, one mind at a time. That's a long time, though, man, for one one, <laughs> one person at a time. Well, 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 hold on. That's a long but ass it, time, But, but it metastasizes, Doc. It catches <laughs> on the civilizations. You right. know, that's the only hope we got. And let me yeah. tell you what, it ain't like Negroes, you know, and other people of color don't have at the same time to work out our own soul salvation. So mm -hmm. while we are being victimized by white supremacy, we turn around and get homophobic. Mm -hmm. We turn around. Look, I go Stay to— Stay sexist. Come on, Doc. I mean, straight up. Uh, denying. I mean, look, if the women's marches didn't show you anything, it should have showed you this. 
women are better than men. I'm sorry about That's it. At fact. the end of the they day, major dog, key. I keep tweeting I'm that y'all are major key. I'm just trying to tell you, women are better than men. I love men. I love my brothers here. Women in general, yes. are better than men in general, Doc. Mm. That even when they got disagreements, and I, I know they can be catty and nasty and vicious, and I ain't saying all that. But I'm saying at the end of the day, they are better human beings than men are, and they should be running this thing. Yes. Hillary Clinton should be the president and not Donald Trump. And don't tell me. And let me tell you something else. I'm gonna challenge all these Negroes who were debating me and talking like, ain't no difference between Hillary Clinton what? and, and, She's and Donald quite, Trump. I mean, Are I don't necessarily serious? agree with everything Whatever. Hillary is about. But on paper, Doc. she runs circles around this. Not only poop. on paper, in reality. Yes. And my point is, why tell black people there ain't no difference? How you like it now? Do you think Hillary Clinton would have appointed Steve Bannon, no. a white supremacist, in the West Wing and now being given power comparable to a general? Do you think she would have had Kellyanne Conway uh, mm-hmm. as her as her uh, advisor? Do you think she would have had uh, J- J- Mr. Sessions, Jeff Sessions, uh, Senator Sessions, as now uh, the potential attorney general? Do you think she would have appointed somebody as incompetent in his this field as Ben Carson, you might be a genius in neuroscience, but dude, you don't know what you're doing you know, when it comes to housing. So my point is, all these Negroes who tried to pretend on the left that there was a facile representation of similarity between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and that there was no significant difference. All the far left Negroes, Black Agenda Report, I'm calling you out. As if there was no difference in black folk, uh, in black folks' mind, in black folks' mind between or in the real world between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are just addicted to their own narcissistic assertion of black radicalism that ain't doing nothing for Negro people. And all those people who said that got good jobs, well-paying, well-compensated in universities or in, you know, in 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 media spots where you ain't going to suffer from the consequences of what average, ordinary black folk will. I call you out and I call bullcrap on what you said and you have misled us and you ought to repent for that in a serious way. Mm. You know, I, I got some disconcerting news. Well, I got some information this week. You know, I know that Vegas right now, they're, they're betting on this guy not making it past six months. Mm-hmm. But I spoke to somebody that, 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 that's a near, dear friend to us that, that works at the White House, and he's like, man, the way he sees it, it's going to be like four years, man. Oh, yeah, they, he, ain't, he ain't getting impeached. Ain't, no. All we, this, we, can, we can take this nonsense dream. for four years? No, we can't. I didn't say we could take it. I'm just right. saying he's going to exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what, is a, what is a four-year Trump presidency look like? Uh, read George Orwell. I'm, read, I'm, I'm read, reading it right read now, man. Dysto- read any dystopic vision. Oh, man, it's so depressing. Dystopia. 1984 right oh, now. Oh, my God. Read read any, read any Stephen King, mm. the master. Mm. Read, you know, somebody asked him, are you going to write a book on Trump? He but said, the stand, I what, like the stand, what, what, what Stephen King book are you oh, suggesting? Oh, my God, Misery. Read Misery. Misery. Yes. Read, read um, what's the one that was made a movie with... Uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, the, um, de- uh, dead, uh, dead Zone. Oh, my God. Dead that's, Zone. That's, that's, that's Donald Trump, dude. Yeah. So I'm saying to you, it, it takes a genius like Stephen King writing some, you know, mysterious uh, hallucinogenic horror to adequately capture what we're going to confront. But we got midterm elections coming up. Mm-hmm. That means we got to get on our jobs to deny Donald Trump a Congress that will rubber stamp what he's doing. We got to get on that. And usually it favors the party that's out of power. And we Donald Trump and the Republicans have what? The House, the Senate, Mm -hmm. and they got the darn presidency. Mm -hmm. So we got to challenge that. And then we got to put up, you know, somebody who in four years 
can come at this madness. But in the meantime, we have to have social organizations on alert. We have to have protests in the street like we're seeing now, which is great. We must let this country and this world know that we will not go gently into the night. We will rage against the dying of the light. You know, Angela Ross had something in our, in our last episode of the Combat Jack Show where she said, at this point, it's not even about the parties. Because in a, in a huge sense, the, Demo- the Democratic Party has let us down, meaning we as people no of doubt. color. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we really have to look after our own. What do you think of that? Well, look, I mean, I think Angela Ross is a very smart woman. And her point is that that both parties have been disappointing, not equally so, but mm-hmm. equally disappointing in terms of the consequences. Disappointment is disappointment, man. You know, and so the the the, the Republicans ignore us and the, the Democrats take us for granted. And it's hard and, and of course, but but see you don't spite your nose, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face. Right. Now as much as Democrats messing up, they ain't the Republicans, dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And But where's so, their bite? Where is their bite? Their doctor? spine. Where is Why? their grit and grace? Why? And, and you, you know, that's what I'm saying. Step up. Like what's what's the fear? What is I don't understand the fear like I'm, I'm a nobody. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing true. darts at, at President P. Mert every day, right, 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 as right. much as I can. Right, right. You know, right. whatever. Come, I don't have much to take away, but take it all away. Right, right, right. What are these people afraid of? I mean, you got all the dough you need. You got all the fame you need. Why don't you represent the people like what you're are supposed they afraid to represent? Of? Are they of afraid of not shadow. being popular? I mean, of their but, own shadows. Right. But now, this is these are the times that call men and women of conscience to accountability. And this is, you know, you know how they said you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, I don't think God arranged it. Some people tell me God put Donald Trump in office. I said, you crazy. That's insane. But now that Donald Trump is in office, we can use our religion right. and our spiritual insight to right. challenge him right, right. And, and to gird up our loins and to say to people, feckless, spineless Democrats, step up. You must be represented here now. Because remember, Frankenstein is the name of the doctor, not the not monster. The monster, right. And that means Dr. That, Frankenstein's monster. Come on, we created that. Right. A feminist tale by Mary Wollstonecraft. Yes. Right. So, 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 so the point is, we created Donald Trump. Donald Trump was created by a system. He didn't come out of nowhere. He's not from Zeus's head, fully formed. This is and the poop in that diaper. Since he's a toddler, mm. toddler president, the poop in that diaper came from what you fed him. So don't act like now uh, uh, some Republicans, oh, my God, where did he come from? He came from you. Yeah. He'd been eating at your table. You've been, spending, you you've been spending that rhetoric for years. Come on about Negroes are pathological. Mm-hmm. Black poor people are undeserving. The welfare queen. Latinos uh, don't deserve to be here as immigrants. The welfare queening. Uh, all Super that. predator, all you, of that. All, you've been feeding that for years. Now this man grows up on your rhetoric and comes back to bite you in your behind and destroy you, stitched together like a monster that he is, politically speaking, from your discarded parts. That's who he is, and that's why we got to stand up, and the Democrats got to stand up finally and say, be counted and be uh, held accountable and, 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 and let your voices be heard. Do what Al Franken is doing, Chuck Schumer is mm. doing. Hold yourself accountable. Speak up. Even John McCain and the Republicans. Yes is speaking out. Even Lindsey Graham is saying we can't get on with this. Dude, I was surprised when I read that the Koch brothers were like, yo, this immigration thing, man, is too much sauce on this evil. Oh, man, come on, dog. You got to even if the Koch brothers saying it, come on. And that's and that's evil incarnate. Lord have mercy. I'm (laughs) I'm just saying the Koch brothers, I'm glad they gave twenty five million dollars to the United Negro College Fund. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Represent. What up? We'll pour out a little water for you. But right back to jamming you. 
But the reality is, is that this nation is in a fix. And finally, the whiteness that has metastasized as a diseased entity is, is, is victimizing white brothers and sisters themselves. And what they see in the form of Donald Trump is how whiteness ultimately does not work for them either. Chickens coming home to roost. In a big way. Yeah. And they clucking. Was I crazy to, to, to have this one part of me, this small part of me, mm. look forward to Trump being in office? Because I felt that that was the only way. Like, I felt right. as, as qualified as Hillary is. Mm-hmm. And she would have done a phenomenal job. She would have. But most of us still would not have been woke to some of the real issues. Yeah, but is the price and, of being woke being broke? And being taken, you tell and me. Being you, eviscerated? You, you tell me because I'm looking at. I'm looking for the first time at this "quote unquote" united America, where people are standing up, people are pissed off, and people are fighting. Well, look at that. We didn't see. We we really didn't see that for a long time. We've been, we've been kind of asleep, doctor. Uh, no, I mean, no, you, no, you, no, I agree do, with do you. Do you understand my perspective? Oh, I get you. Not, okay. but see, here's the, here's what you're saying. You'd rather us be, no, and I'm not saying I'd rather because no, I voted no. for Hillary. Right. But there was a part of me, this, I'm the, part, the, the, petty, part of the petty, let's, let's angry, this. hateful part of me was let's, like, we need something so petty. fucked up, right? But let's look at the petty to part bite of Americans in the ass. You'd rather have Bull Connor. I'm not saying I'd rather. No, 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 I'm saying I'm okay. talking about the petty part. I'm okay. talking about the petty. I'm talking about, I'm talking about petty jack, not petty combat jack. jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about petty jack. Okay. <laughs> All right, pretty petty jack. Yeah. Pretty petty jack would rather have would rather have Bull Connor yes. whipping ass, mm-hmm. right? Uh, police dogs un- unleashed, the bicuspids mm-hmm. and incisors ripping into Hoses the flesh. Hoses in the whole nine. Hoses unleashed, washed against the wall, mm-hmm. then Barack Obama's president. Mm-hmm. Because under Barack Obama, we were lulled into a belief yes. that somehow Negroes were overcome. Was all right. I, I get your point, right. but I'd really still take the Barack Obama tip only because the reality is, yes, I want us to be woke under Barack Obama. Uh-huh. So it, your point is, it seems that we only woke when we get in our heads beat in mm-hmm. or some president is beating down When your back is against the wall. When your back is against the wall, you start swinging. You when know? you're on vacation in, in Cancun, you're not going to be woke. Right, you want right. another pina colada. You know what? I, I want the pina coladas. <laughs> I, I just want to be, and I want to be woke. I want to be woke with a pina colada. <laughs> but the thing is, is that what we have to understand is that we have to, that's why we have to have a consistent, constant job of awakening people. Mm-hmm. In, this, see, that's why preaching is great. Mm-hmm. My Bible tells me preach in season and out. Right. When they want to hear you, when they don't. Right. When things are great and when they, and in fact, sometimes, as uh, Charles Adams used to say, that I know you can stay in failure, but can you stay in success? Mm. I know you can deal with it when your back's against the wall, but what do you do when things are looking good for you? Yes. And so, unfortunately, do we you have self-sabotage. Been, we are self-sabotaging like a big dog. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying let's do both. Let's mm-hmm. be woke and let's drink pina coladas. Right. Or at least, you know, some virgin pina coladas mm-hmm. or some 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 cranberry juice and sparkling water mm-hmm. together. In other words, do, let's— do, 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 do you drink, doctor? No, no, no. I'm allergic to it, man. Okay. I ain't got nothing against it. Do you it. ever burn? No, no. I, look, I'm allergic to both of those. I you're, allergic, no, you're allergic I, to weed? And I ain't got nothing against none of them. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever smoked? I mean, I one time in my life when I was in graduate school at Princeton, you and I was still allergic, and I did, and I thought I was dying. I was like, Lord Jesus, <laughs> can you get me out <laughs> if you let me out? <laughs> it's like that scene in The Godfather with my man, <laughs> and he's but like, you... Tom, can you do it for whole time's sake? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Sally, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, if you let me live, I won't do it. <laughs> That's because I'm allergic. I ain't got no problem yes. with people lighting it up, bro. Yes. Because in yes. this world in which we live, you will be either made to cry or laugh. Mm-hmm. And I hope people can see some kind of even chemical escape 
from the, dr- the now I'm not I know people are, oh well what is he saying no I'm not saying go out there and harass and kill yourself right. I'm saying that if you have an episodic intervention of relief from the uh, nature's properties then God bless you yes now what I like about your book man is that you list certain MCs. Right. As members of your choir, your gospel choir, you, yeah. you list KRS-One, Tupac, Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> L- Lauren Hill. Like, 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 talk about these 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 legendary figures, you know, mm-hmm. in hip hop, acting as your gospel. Rios, yeah, they're my gospel choir, man. I mean, KRS-One, my Shh, God, in his prime. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry, not one five five four three two <laughs> eight. What? what? Yeah. I mean, I mean, in his prime, dog. Who can who can really mess with that? No. He was just incredible. And so, breath control and so on. And then you're dealing with Kendrick Lamar. I mean, Kendrick. I mean, come on, make another album. Can you can you can you the keep him best, out of the, can the you, best technical can you, can you keep him out of top album, five? Can mm-hmm. you keep him out of top five? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Right. Um, Jay Z. I mean, Jay Z and Nas argument about who's the greatest. Right. I mean, you know. Jay-Z, God forgive me for my brash delivery, but I remember vividly what these streets did to me. I mean, can you, uh, you know, now all my teachers couldn't reach me and my mama couldn't beat me hard enough to match the pain of my pop not seeing me. So with that disdain in my membrane, got on my pimp game, like the world, my defense came. I mean, come on, dog. You got a photographic memory, man? I mean, that's what they say, but yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I've never trying, tested for that, I'm man? just trying to take pictures with the words and look at them and see if right. they're not birds flying in the sky. I write books like written niggas write hooks. Mm. That's what I do. I'm over in this show. That's what I do. Mm. Have you ever con- I'm 20 in. I'm going to do an album at 60, bro. You're gonna, I was I'm about gonna to do ask you that. I'm going to do an album at 60. And my first album? single is going to be called Old Man Love. Old Man Love. Oh, yeah. Love. All you out there with these young Negroes who are calling you out your name, bitch, skeezer, hoe, chicken head. Thought, I ain't going to do thought, nothing. Thought is a new, thought, thought is I ain't all of that. calling you nothing. Okay. I'm going to pay your rent, show you some love. I'm not mm. trying to talk about a patriarchal condescension that then exploits young women who are without. I'm saying I show you respect. Those young boys might get their first. But we might stay there longer. They Ooh. end up real. We end up stronger. Mm. Man, I'm gonna spit that. Oh man, love. Talk Dr. about oh man, you, love. Really, really, you, you're gonna I'm not drop... even lying. I'm not even. Lying. Have you ever been approached to do an album? I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. And a lot of people said they give me beats, but right. at 60, I'm 58 now. Lord right. be willing, the creek don't rise. I'm, a, I'm the debut. That my debut album. My debut album is 60 years old. I'm coming out the box, bro. I'm coming out the box. Michael Eric. Wait a minute. Hold on. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear, hear you. Myself. I can hear myself. We can I hear you. Short. Look, look. Academic Mike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Academic Mike. Yo. I'm coming at y'all. Yeah. I'm coming for you. All these people spitting this insanity and madness at me. I got flowing skills. I'll talk to you like I kills. I will do it. Put you out. When'd you first start listening to hip hop, man? Oh man, when it when it when when hip hop first hit, man. Yeah. I was a fa- I was a fan from the beginning, right. bro. I was a fan from the beginning. You know, I can remember when I was in college, 1979, walking into the cafeteria, mm. you know, listening to that. So, and that was the above ground stuff. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I had a tremendous love uh, for music. And, right. of course, uh, being from uh, Motown and the like, um, you know, I was I was down with that. But then from the very beginning, man, I, I loved hip-hop from the get was it Was it the Sugar Hill Gang? Was it, was mean, it, was yeah, it that or was it, yeah. was it the mixtape? Yeah, it the, little the, mixtapes. The Cold Crush tapes, Brothers. Cold Crush and them. And then the above ground stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. Broken glass everywhere. People piss on the stage. You know, they just, just don't, don't care. care. Can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Tried to move out. You, you, you got a photographic memory, man. I, I just, you know, I'm spitting you, you those lyrics. Yeah. And then, um, you know, all the stuff, the early stuff, Slick Rick. Uh, all, I mean, all that stuff, man. It's a, it's an amazing thing to me. You know, the Nicholas one from Philadelphia. Oh, Philly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Three, three times, times dope. dope. Three times dope was cold, They don't know man. what three times dope is, Oh, dude. my God. They were just smoking it, man. 
Someone knocking at the door. <laughs> Somebody ringing the bell. So, I mean, I loved all that stuff, man. And then when you get into, I mean, see, I've taught classes on Jay, mm-hmm. on Kendrick, mm-hmm. you know, on hip-hop in general. Because, you know, uh, Nas, I've written a book, you know, on his first album, Illmatic. It's only right that I was born to use mics and the stuff that I write. It's even tougher than dice. I'm mm. taking rap into a new plateau through the rap, rap slow. slow. My rhyming is a vitamin hell without a capsule. capsule. A Ooh. smooth criminal on beat breaks. breaks. Never put me in your box if you see these tapes. What? That's the raison d'etre of <laughs> hip-hop philosophy. But then, you know, when you think about a cat like Jay, all the levels of metaphor of 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 extraordinary ability to assert the linguistic virtuosity of a dude who was a hustler not writing it down. Come on, dude. Right. I mean, I mean, when you think about what's that? I mean, see, to me, the only argument I've ever had with Jay is that you got to rank Kingdom Come higher, sir. You got to yo, rank it you know higher. What? No, listen, listen. I argue with people all the time because I'm the biggest Jay Z fan. Yes, sir. And when Kingdom Come dropped, right. it really resonated with me. Yeah, man. Because it was like this was Jay at his most vulnerable. Vulnerable, This mature. was Jay really going into uncharted waters. Come on. As this maturing rapper yes. that may or may not have the same relevance in today's right. rap, rap raposphere. Right. You know what I'm saying? I thought right. it was his bravest album. And whenever I mention that, cats are like, yo, you're wild and you're bugging. Oh, I'm my like, God. But he's talking about, this is the most, I think it's the most honest it really is Hollywood, album. the strip stuff, the like, you lost know, uh, ones. When he's th- talking about th- my, my cousin oh died my in the car that I bought, oh like he's God. crying on that on that oh, song. No, and the girl who I don't know who it was, yeah, the yeah. second one, and then the first one. I'm not, a, but I had to divorce him. Yeah. Get the up, talk up, about Dave. Like that was the most poetic mm, on, record I mean, that, about wait, a breakup, the, the uh, biggest ever. breakup ever, come the on. Rockefeller but breakup. But the prelude, yes. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Beats did it, your gangster rap. You know, and when he says, you know, on the internet, thirties the new twenty. Come on, on the internet, they're like, you should write it. I'm spitty. I'm just like, you should buy it, nigga. Right. That's good business. Let's mm. ride. Like, oh that, my God, that's a great... mama. We made it. Yes, mama, I made it. What or the 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 beach chair? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, dude. I'm just telling you. I mean, and and he's caved wanna... into his own pressure. Oh to, my god! To rank that as the lowest Jay Z album. Oh my god! And which what, what's the one about uh, Hurricane Katrina? Um, uh, Minority Report. Minority Report. Dude, are you kidding? You you could put together an album of all of Jay Z. I'm glad we're talking about this. You man. could put together an album of all of Jay Z's politics. It right. would fill an album or two, mm-hmm. and people would have a totally different vision right. of who this is. His genius is so wide and 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 deep that people miss out on it. Just like the same way with Nas, people think if he's spitting one thing. No, he talks about street knowledge and he talks about college knowledge, so to speak, and university learning. He speaks about his own interior vulnerability. I mean, so the, the, the MC at his or her best is a person who's able to present to us such a remarkable portrait of existence. But when you talk about a cat like Jay and people sleeping on that I mean, I, I listened to that album, man. I was like, dude, I think I, I I told him to his face. I said, I love you, man, but you are stone cold wrong for ranking about, your album so oh low. Oh my God, this is where this is the only beef you and me are gonna ever have, yeah. dog. That album right there is one of the coldest you've ever released because of the point you talked about, the maturity, the humanity, the vulnerability. 20, I'm so hot, still better, brought better automobile. Uh. You know, I'm I'm old enough. What he said, young enough to know. You know what, right, Carter, right? But old enough not to put rims on it. Hmm. I mean, I didn't buy the right watch, bright watch. I bought the, the right, right watch. watch. I didn't borrow at the bar. I bought the night spot. <laughs> Ouch. See, tell him. So, I mean, tell him, tell him. I mean, the, the, the way in which this dude is articulating his own sensibility, yeah. his own self-expression. His uncertainty. 
His he, his he, his vulnerability is uncertainty. Yeah. What am I doing? Who you know? Who am and, I? And, and, you know, I put my you know addressing rumors about putting my hand in the cookie jar mm-hmm. and no disrespect to free. I mean, look at the variety of intelligences that operate and were mobilized simultaneously on that disc. Right. That's that's cold blooded man. Go listen to that. Ten year anniversary last year. I should have wrote something about it. We we have to do something this year. Mm. Let me ask you something, man. When you look at the landscape of hip hop, who would you com- compare? Obama's presidency too. If he were if he, if he were an MC, who would you compare him to? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, we're speaking to Jay. I mean, I always our, say I that mean, Obama is the Jay Z of, pre- no of presidents because he can. You know, this one will get bit up. This one, who who you know fresher than whole? Riddle me that. Mm-hmm. The rest of y'all know where I'm lyrically at. And then when he talks about this one will get bit up. This one will be imitated. This one will be kept. This one is hood. Never been a, this long. This hood. This hood. This pop and so on. That's Obama in that sense of that mm-hmm. slick ability. Except Obama didn't master his craft to the degree that Jay Z has. Mm. Now, now let's talk about that. Mm. Let's, oh, let's talk about and, it. And, and, and Obama is a genius, yes, politically, and he did something that no other black person has ever done, which is I'm going to be president of the United States of America. I'm going to run the most powerful empire in the history of the world. One of the coldest acts a black man, and politically speaking, the coldest act a black man has ever had. Mm-hmm. With grace and poise. With grace and poise. And I'm saying what Jay-Z has done, coming from even further down the totem pole, mm-hmm. out of nowhere. If if Jay-Z were alive back in the days of Greece, he'd be a god. Mm. He doesn't even write it down. He doesn't even put it on paper. What he does is generate a mechanism, a mnemonic device that permits him to express himself to 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 articulate an idea, get it in his mind, repeat it so so profoundly, then on one take, register it orally speaking to be heard, and then some of the tightest, most amazing metaphors, triple entendres, not having put pen to paper, that is unaccept that is unexcelled level mm-hmm. of genius mm-hmm. that has been expressed there and to do it for so long right. that's it's like just, tom brady at 39 his wackest records dude his wackest are the cold i mean will beat anybody else's yeah. stuff he's just playing with mm-hmm. that he ain't even investing in but the level of integrity the level of rhetorical integrity the level of investment what this man does with the level of skill is remarkable so right. when you see the best of those cats a j a Nas, a Biggie. I mean, Biggie, two albums in, but what would he have been? Change the world. I mean, change the world. I used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. No heat. Wonder mm. why Christmas missed us. Birthdays was the worst days. Now, now we, we sip, sip champagne, champagne when we're thirsty. Damn Maybe. right, I like the life <laughs> I live. Because I went from negative to po- And if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. So, so Back in the days, our parents used to take care of us. Look at them now. They're even and scared of us, yep. calling the state for help because they can't maintain damn things done change. If I wasn't in the rap game, i probably have a key knee-deep in the crack game because the streets is a shortstop. Either you're slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump, jump shot. shot. Damn, it's hard being young from the slums, eating five-cent gums, not knowing where your meal's coming from. What happened to the summertime cookout every time I turn around and it's being took out? I mean... Man, that's that's a sociological expression of Weberian proportions. Yes. The shrinking of, of of resources in the post-industrial urban center permits me to proliferate in the underground economy. That's what the dude is talking about, yeah. man. I mean, somebody explained it to me the other day that Biggie was able to be like like Chester Hines. He was. Chester Himes. 
You can with, feel with it, within three minutes, though, oh, he man. didn't have to write a novel I mean, to to wrap a full novel to you, dude. You could hear, you could feel the pipes bleeding on the wall. You could feel the paint peeling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, Frank White, nigga, mostly rocked the Isleys. Just that, what? Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. mostly rocked the Isleys. Rock so his sensibility is old school. The old school Ron, cat. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He ain't he ain't listening to Tupac. He ain't nigga, to mostly rocked up. the Isleys. So now you know what's to come definitely on. A killer. Come on, come on, come on. I mean, I mean, this dude, niggas bleed just like Gus. You know, imagine me being, I mean, come on, man. I mean, the, the, the way in which the novelist. I got a story to tell. To, oh my he Lord. rhymes the story, then he tells the same story. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, that that level, th- th- these cats at their best are, are remarkable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just remarkable. So going back to what started this, like mm-hmm. you, you're about to say with regard to Obama not mastering right. and I, his as, presidential as craft. It, it, I, I, I mean, and he had, and he had. I mean, he, we can't compare him to coming as far up right. as Jay-Z did. But right. in that house, oh, in that he, seat, he was the Jay. opposition he was oh, that he had, he was nice. every, uh, they were throwing bombs at that brother. And he was just ducking. What did Jay say? What did he say? It's funny. I love those odds. Yeah. That's, that's, what Jay, that's what Obama was. Cool, yeah. restrained, signifying. So in that sense, Effect, I would I mean, and, 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 and Extremely and we may, effective. And we, and we may not agree. Die. With all of his policies. But he's one of the greatest But as a president, did he not do his job? One of the greatest ever. Yeah. I mean, in terms of intelligence and in terms of literary skill. I mean, he's an expert in constitutional law. And this bum is is, is turning that thing upside down within 10 days. He's tweeting. Yeah. I mean, in terms of intelligence and in terms of skills, I would say Abraham Lincoln, Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson, Mm -hmm. Barack Obama, Bill Clinton. Mm, That's your top five. Tom, Tom, you know, FDR was cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Roosevelt was. I mean, so was Wilson, but he was such a bigot. Mm-hmm. Became president. Was president of Princeton before. Mm-hmm. But in terms of literary skill, mm. I would put Obama in the top. Three Obama's top three. five. Top. Oh yeah, no question. Top five. So I'm telling you, the the Jay Z of the joint, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of being able to be cool under pressure, opposition crazy, like they never gave him a chance from the beginning, and he did what he had to do. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would I would say in that level. You know, my mother's 93 years old. Mm-hmm. She's definitely not happy with this administration. Mm-hmm. But yesterday she's like, maybe this guy has an opportunity to turn around. And I gave my mom that side-eyed look. Mm. What do you think of that? Like, like to, to those that are like, yo, he's he's doing his first hundred days are horrible. Seventy years, but old. maybe he might get it. No, I don't think so. I, you know, I I would hope so. I think we have to get, we have to force him, right. to see it. He ain't gonna get it on his right. own. But he's not. He doesn't seem like he's he's no. he's he's not amenable, he, man. He's 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 a thin skinned guy. He well, can't he's take he's, he's not he's not matured past. This is what I meant by toddler. He, this is like, my, where's his spirituality? Toddler presence. Where's his humanity? Where's his common sense? Depth of understanding. And you tweeting? You mad at? at at Hamilton? You mad at, at 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 New York Times? You mad? You a son? You mad at, at Saturday Night Live? You he's the mad rapper. Tell him why you mad, son. Yeah, yeah. Tell him why you mad. <laughs> what up, D-Dot? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. come on, stop, grow up. What's the worst you see out of this happening, man? Let, let's oh. let's be real, because I, I mean, mean, look at the band. Look at he's got he's got the codes, man. He's got he the codes to those hot ones. Increases terror in the world. He's the greatest. Twitter fingers turn to Armageddon fingers. I mean, he's the greatest recruiter of terrorists since yes. Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And you don't mean to be, but you are. Um, uh, it, the consequences will be dire for people of color around the world, mm-hmm. Muslim brothers and sisters, religious minorities, I think gay and lesbian people. Because, see, here's the thing. You know, there was uh, 
a mouse. And the mouse was in the house with the farmer and his wife, and a present was coming. So a mouse looks through the little hole there and says, oh, my God, it's a package. I wonder what kind of food they have. Opened it up, it was a mouse trap. And he went back to the barn and, hey, they, they, they got a mouse trap. So, so the chicken was like, hey, that's interesting, man. It ain't got nothing to do with me. And then the pig was like, I'll pray for you. And then the cow would say, well, I hope you can protect yourself because that trap is for you. Mm-hmm. So he went back, and then he went to the house and saw the old lady at the house, you know, set the trap. And then later on, he heard her hollering. And when she and when he when he looked in there, he saw, oh, my God, it didn't catch a rat, uh, a mouse. It caught a snake. Mm. And she had to tell her, but she couldn't see it, and it bit her. Then the, the 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 farmer had to take her to the doctor. He said, "Well, I'm gonna do everything I can." He brought her back home. She still got a fever. What do you need when you're fever? Need some chicken soup. Mm. Went out there and cut the chickens, mm-hmm. and then you know tried to get her better, and uh, needed to feed her because she was not doing well. Went out there and slaughtered the pig. Mm-hmm. Needed some some food, and then she didn't make it. She died. They had a repast for her at the crib, so they needed some food. So they went out and killed the cow. Mm. So the moral story is when, when, when they come for the mouse and you think you ain't the mouse mm. and you think the trap ain't for you, everybody is vulnerable in the barnyard when the mouse is vulnerable, when mm. the mouse trap comes. And see, the trap is, oh, it's just, just Muslims. It's not us as Negroes. Oh, it's just black people. But it's not everybody is vulnerable when anybody is vulnerable. And so Donald Trump has been more effective in bringing people together than some people on their own side, right? The Democratic Party ain't brought Democrats together as, as effectively as Donald mm-hmm. Trump. No, Black people ain't been brought together to this degree mm-hmm. or, or with people that they would ordinarily disagree with because Donald Trump is our common opponent. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think Trump, regardless of the fact that uh, of, I think the, the evil in the offing, and it's not just Trump, it's what he, it's what he, um, it's what he amplifies. It's what he... It's what he draws out. It's what he emboldens. It's what he emboldens. And when you think about the fact that in Quebec, terrorists killed these brothers who were Muslim in their mosque. In their this mosque. is the manifestation of white nationalist supremacy. This is the kind of stuff that Donald Trump can bring out. I think it can be far worse before it will get better. But what we have to do is to bear witness to the truth that we know. He echoes and amplifies the worst tendencies in the American spirit and in the global right wing movement in 50 years, and we have to be equally vigilant in our opposition to what he represents. A couple more questions, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what I appreciate about this social uh, digital age mm-hmm. is that you'll have people that are standing out and, 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 and they encourage us, like the, like the DeRay McKessons and, mm-hmm. and, and, and right. such. But at the same time, I'm kind of appreciative that we seem as if we're no longer waiting for that one leader. Of course. We're not. We, are, we, are we past that? Of course. And we never had one leader, even right. when we had one leader. Of course. Because when Dr. King was the man, and there's no question he was, there was, you know, there was uh, Ella Baker. Mm-hmm. There was Joanne Robinson. Right. Part of it is our sexism. We didn't see the female mm-hmm. leaders that were there. But even then, we had Whitney Young and Roy Wilkins mm-hmm. and John Lewis. There's always been a multiple formation, you know. Um, so there's been Beyonce saying, let's get in formation. But the women who got in formation count. So the the leader may call you to account, but the reality is, is that there have been others who have been on the front line and we have never waited for one person. And we certainly can't right now. Right. There are multiple fights to be fought. There are multiple fronts on which to fight them. And there are ways in which we have to constantly be concerned 
about raising up the bloodstained banner of truth wherever we are. So this is why we got to deputize so many people across the spectrum of politics and ideologies because we need all hands on deck and we need everybody involved. Yes, sir. Last question. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, 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 I've heard you answer this before, but, but here on the Combat Jack Show. And, and, and I ask you this because from time to time, this tends to change, mm-hmm. you know, as, 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 as the legacy of this genre mm-hmm. continues to grow and expand. Your top five MCs. Oh, my God. Top five of all time. Top it's five tough. of all time. It's tough, right? Well, we don't and has it changed? Has it changed over it, years? It, it yeah. will, I'll tell you. You know, of course, I'm going to put Jay and Nas. Yes. You know, uh, two. I, I wish I had more than five because I'm going to tell you, guy, even if he can't make my top five, I'm going to tell you one of the coldest ever that's underrated is Scarface. Mm. Mm. Scarface is underrated. What man. up, Brad? I mean, underrated in a way that is stunning because he's one of the most astonishing lyricists ever to emerge and put the South on his back mm-hmm. and came forward. He listened to The Fix, mm. I mean, or even his latest. But um, I would have to say, uh, and if she made a few more albums, I'd have put Lauryn Hill in that. Oh, Lauryn Hill was one of the illest MCs I mean, dude, of life. Male, dude, female. Dude, yeah. are you kidding me? Don't step in that booth after oh, Lauryn. Oh, my Jesus. Don't God. step in that booth okay. after Lauryn. Uh, I'd have to put Pac in there for mm-hmm. the vision and the heart. Right. Right. And um I'd have to I'd have to say, you know, Biggie was so cold in terms of that West Indian humor. And there's so many others. I mean, of I course. Mean, I mean, in I mean, terms it's of almost unjust genres, as, right? Yes. Because, you know, common uh, uh, mm. uh, my man. I mean, even though in the duo of Andre 3000, but my people be sleeping on my man, Big Boy. Big Boy, Big Boy yes. was so cold, too. Yeah. It's the return of the gangster. Thank you. Niggas say, y'all, so y'all be God for it. Yeah, he was steady clapping. <laughs> but I might have to slide if Kendrick up in there. Mm, Kendrick. I might have to slide Kendrick and and and, and, and that's And that's, and that's, and that's valid. Bruh. I mean, let, let me ask you this, because yeah. you study the game. If and when that battle ever happens that we all want to see, right. Drake versus Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you have your money on? Like, and, and think about it. Think about it. It's two different kind. Of, it's two different. But, you know but what? so was Jay Z and Nas. Yeah, but that's two. Di- no, but they're close. Jay Z and Nas are closer together than Drake and Kendrick. Because mm. Drake is one of my favorites of all time. Yes, there's just no question. I he mean, will be in a lot of people's top fives in the next five years. Oh, there's no question that to me, right? Because I mean, and honestly. Kendrick would have to make a couple more albums to slide in the top five. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to slide there somewhere else. But I would put in that next five what Drake and Kendrick both belong in. There. Right. That, to, for my top, Drake and Kendrick would both be in that next slide because people be sleeping on Drake and thinking. Oh, they want to hate on that boy so bad. Sorry. I'm Ghost sorry. Riders. I'm sorry. Like when you listen to Marvin's Room. Oh, my God. Marvin's Jealousy Room. Jealousy is just in love and hate at the same time. Stop. Yo. Just, just, just listen to that dude, and you can. And I'm sorry. I know you defenders of mumble rap. I'm glad for you. But what in shout the out to hell? the Migos because I love the Migos. I ain't mad at him, but I'm saying one time, two That's the blues right there. You know That's what? the blues. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you. I get it, but I'm gonna tell you what. When you hear the clarity and lucidity. Of Mr. Drake, mm-hmm. Mr. Aubrey Graham putting mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. So in the top five, and kiss, okay, so it won't be uh, Kendrick. So the, the fifth spot, I would say Jay, Nas, Biggie, Pac. I might have to put KRS one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to. I might. I mean, between him, between KRS one and Rakim. Right. I mean, that's the 
between those two right there, the next, but I'm telling you, Kendrick and Drake, and please do not sleep on Drake. And don't think just because you singing and you doing your thing. That dude right there changed the game. So who wins in the battle? I mean, it's a different kind of battle. No, but, but no, no. But in terms end, of freestyle, in terms of in terms of lyrical dexterity, lyrical dexterity is no doubt that Kendrick Lamar is a beast. But in terms of, it's capture, all about to be judged. It's going to be judged on a record. But but it's going to be judged on records. But hold on. But capturing the the, the ear and the and the and the power of the simile and and the euphony and melody. Bad I mean, Drake is. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I just. Uh, you know what? I think Drendrick will win. <laughs> no, this is my absolute last question because you've you've been studying this game and you're mm. a fan of it and you're so passionate mm. about it. Your analysis about what the hell happened with that whole back to back thing and how this thing became a monster. This became <clears throat> it wasn't a battle. It was it was it was a, it was a monsoon. It was it was a typhoon. It you was mean, with earth, Drake and uh, Drake and, and, like, and how that thing just became it like I know it's just it's, it's how, how do you, what, what do you think about that two years later like what the hell was that I know and then he done lost uh, you know Nicki Minaj yeah you know that's a loss but that's I'm saying devil. the phenomena the phenomena itself but see here's the thing how did that happen it wasn't no fighting thank God right. it wasn't no nastiness no in shooting. terms oh my Jesus that's a that's a, that's a victory right there yes. in the post no, nobody died right. no, you know what. Nobody died except on wax, but I'm telling you, <laughs> you've been bodied by a singing nigga. Yes. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> and I and I love Kendrick Dog. Yes. I mean, I mean, I love uh, Meek. Meek. Meek Mill. Yes. I mean, Meek Mill is a, is 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 a, is a great specific kind of dude. Mm-hmm. But see, people sleeping on Trizzy. And, 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 and let me tell you what. And the reason is his birthday October 24th, my October 23rd. We're both okay. emotional black men. Yes. What sign and is that? And as emotional as Scorpio. Scorpio, yes. And as emotional black men, I got to stand up and say, you women, you say you want a man that thinks, and then you call him soft. You want a man that feels, and then you you call him weak. The man is an emotional dude. Yeah. You know, just, see, I'm a cancer, I, so I understand. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, you know, I don't make, what does he say? I know when they call me a P, and then he said, but I only make music for those who give. I mean, Drake is a monster. Yes. Okay? And for those who sleep on him, you're sleeping on the wrong giant. Mm-hmm. And for me, that that Drake and Kendrick Mill, I mean, uh, uh, Kend- uh, 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 Meek, uh, Mill. Uh, Meek Mill was unfortunate. Yeah. But especially for Meek. And then Meek is calling him out for not being able to write and doing your own songs and all that kind of stuff. So ostensibly, you would think he's got the upper hand. Because, mm-hmm. oh, my God. But then my man comes back on you. And on you again. I mean, and on you again. We're not even talking about Charged Up. He We're not even talking you, about Charged Up. He double teamed you by himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yo. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Yes. It's tough out there. So. I just tell y'all, and I wrote a piece on uh, on uh, Drake for uh, Ebony Magazine because okay. I love Drake yeah. and got mad respect for what that does. So Drake and Kendrick in my second part of the top ten, mm-hmm. dude. I'm just, I'm just. Saying. We'll talk about that in two to three years, man. Let's do it, bro. Doctor Michael Eric Dyson, man. Thank you so Thank much you, sir, for, for, for coming through the Combat Jack show. Thank you, sir. This has been an honor. This has been great. I'm sure our listeners all over the globe going to be entertained and and edutained. And elevated by this. Thank you so much. Thank and con- you, con- continue to fight, man. Continue to inspire us all. God bless you, bro. You know, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. King. Yo. Let's keep pushing, man. We just gotta keep pushing. Collectively. Keep being inspired. I think we gotta keep inspiring each other. Cause a lot of times we get down and like, man. I, I think you also, feel like giving up. Let, let me let me let me let me interrupt you for yeah, a second, man. Go ahead. We we ain't always gonna get along. I'm saying we ain't I'm talking about as black people. We yeah, ain't yeah, always gonna sure. get along. We all have our beefs in the whole now, but right now, man, like, and I'm not talking Pollyanna idealistically the whole now, but 
I, the beast we have right. is is nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. That's right. Compared to what's going on, I don't care what. I mean, of course, if it's you know if some if it's some real like if some real shit like somebody gunned your people's down, right. I understand that's that's right, a little right. bit more difficult to, to get around. And even that, at this point, requires an elevation an elevation of spirituality and humanity. Yes. But right now, man, we, we can't afford to. I mean, I got no beefs with nobody. I mean, the beefs you get pale in comparison to the pigs we confront. Yes. There you go. <sighs> you know, and I mean, what I mean by pigs, I want to be specific so people don't think I'm talking about. Those horrific, uh, stampeding, uh, tr- uh, mistruths that are unleashed on us to do nothing but take us down, mm-hmm. and we got to get beyond that. Might we see martial law, man? I mean, we're seeing an approximation of it. You're talking about sending the feds Chicago. To, to Chicago, and you know what happens? They get they get the wrong black people. They mm-hmm. gonna they gonna criminalize everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. But they criminalize everybody, and when they good. leave, it doesn't sound good. What to some people who think that yeah. they're going to be des- their desperation will be yeah. relieved, and when they leave, they have not solved anything because the mm-hmm. undergirding issue, economic inequality, Systemic. closing down schools, structural, the, expelling kids earlier, ain't generational, touch. Yes, All right. lack of resources. So y'all keep representing. This is one of the spots of enlightenment in the country, and I love you for it. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, sir. Internets, dream those dreams, and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because the life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blah. Right. I got to do that again. Do I need to do it again? Nah. You, you're allowed to you stumble. Mumble rap a little bit. <laughs> Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.